we, we didn't, didn't sign, sign up, up for, for this, this shit. shit. Hey guys, uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Minya. And this is Hardly Adult. On this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different than we have before. Uh, we have a special guest here today who is going to talk to us a little bit about HVAC, what it is, what it does, and how it relates to you. So, um, that said, uh, babe, do you want to introduce our special guest? Yeah, um, so our special guest is Nicole. Um, she... Well, she is a wow. I'm I'm already missing. <laughs> so Nicole, what what are you? I'm a human. I think most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think um, a better question to start off with would be, what is your job position and uh, yeah, what does it? What do you do? That was uh, okay. Well, I am a manager at a, a trades company. So our company does plumbing electrical and HVAC. Now I started as an HVAC dispatcher at the company. So that's where most of my knowledge base is and why I wanted to be this special guest on this episode is because I have a lot of knowledge that, you know, I feel like a lot of people just don't have, you know, it's something that's not talked about a lot. Even if you're buying a home, renting, it's something you should probably know about. Um, but since I'm in the management role, I also got to talk to a couple other managers and got their input as well. So just cause I'm not a technician, I wanted to make sure I actually know what I'm talking about here and not making a fool of myself. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, that's Although, really... I mean, if you've been listening in, you know that I make a fool of myself constantly. You do. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but no, it's good. I mean, I'm glad that you, you know, did your research and stuff and there's plenty of information our listeners will get today um so overall nicole's just got some uh points that she's put together like she said she's talked with some of the other managers at the place of business that she works at and has put together just a little thing so We'll go ahead, we'll turn the time over to Nicole, and as questions come up, I will semi-rudely interrupt. You might have to, yeah, because once I start talking, I'll just start <laughs> rambling on and on. You know, I, you know, as a manager, I get to lead team meetings as well, and I feel like there are those times where I look at my team, their eyes have just kind of glazed over. I'm like, I have been talking for 10 minutes now. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not just going to drown you guys in a bunch of boring facts. You know, I wanted to make this really relatable. So whether you are a homeowner, whether you are renting, I tried to make this just really general stuff that I feel like everybody should know because we all live in some sort of residence, whether it's an apartment, townhome, actual house, big house, little house, doesn't matter. So, uh, a lot, as everybody knows, especially in Utah, the housing market is insane right now. If you are oh, yeah. one of those people looking to buy a home, there are a couple of things you want to keep in mind. Uh, the number one thing you're going to want to have done anytime you're buying a house is a sewer inspection. You know, working in the office, in the dispatch, I hear all the sad stories of you know, customers calling in, they just bought a house within the last year, you know, they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. And within the first year, they need a brand new sewer. Do you guys have any idea how much a new sewer costs? Uh, 40 grand. Um, 10 grand? 
Andrew was actually right in the middle. It's about 30 to 50 on average. Oh, wow. okay. So imagine going through all of that, buying a brand new house and then getting slapped with a, hey, yeah, we need to tear up your yard and your driveway and it's going to be $50,000, please. So is a sewage inspection part of getting just a normal home inspection done? Not always. And that's actually another something I was going to bring up is, did you guys know home inspectors in Utah don't need any actual licensing what really they just go in and check shit off on a box oh you just have to take a course and you can become a home inspector in utah at least other states have different policies so if you're from outside of utah i don't know what's going on where you live but that is very concerning yeah so that was one of my suggestions (laughs) as well is don't i mean you have to have a home inspection done in general it's just a required thing but on top of that have a professional company come out you know they're the plumbers they'll come out with a camera and actually go down into the sewer they'll check for any corrosion any possible like sagging where it could break in the future so they'll see not only if there's a problem actively happening but something that could happen in the near future okay um another thing we see with home inspectors sadly is they'll ding us for stuff on inspections that's 100 percent within code and so we'll call up the city and kind of fight back with them on it and half the time on those situations the city's like no you guys are right yeah this isn't actually a problem and then we've also seen some really bad safety hazards where home inspectors sign off on it but we get out there and we're like um no this is this is bad this is not (laughs) good good please don't so yes you you have to have a home inspection done but also hire a professional to come take a look as well because they know a lot more Absolutely. That is really we, uh, good to know. We actually have a friend who just tried to buy a house in Arkansas. Um, they were in escrow. They sent the home inspector out, and they, the sellers were trying to keep them out of the basement. Lo and behold, there's three inches of standing water actively being pumped out, meaning it's still leaking. Jeez. Um he doesn't know full details but there's a crack in the foundation that's right next to the sewer main yeah yeah no and well and what's scary right now with the just the way the home industry is especially in utah like i was saying um people are offering to buy houses as is no inspection required just to get the house. Those people that have the cash to just come in and drop on it, they don't care about the inspection because be they've got the money to pay for the sewer and everything water, and afterwards. Yeah. So And then turn around, flip it for 200000 more in the three months, four months it took. Exactly. That kind of money. Right? So just something to keep in mind if you are trying to go down that route here in the next little bit, try and get an inspection done if at all possible. It could save you a lot down the road. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah. But also just kind of on the lines of plumbing, whether you are looking to buy a house or just renting, some things a lot of people don't realize. If it doesn't dissolve, it doesn't go down a drain. So, you know, ladies, the lady products do not get flushed. Um, Flushable wipes. Did you guys know those are not actually flushable? They're not? Why? Well, like... Because they take over a certain amount of time to biodegrade. They don't dissolve. Okay. Some of them do. They're compostable wipes. Yes, if you're buying compostable, that's a little bit different. But for the most part, like standard baby wipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't flush that shit. Yeah, don't. There. Do. If you guys want to see something gross, look up Fatbergs in London. 
No, I've seen them. <laughs> Do that on your own time, though. So <laughs> um, giant, giant, giant blackheads for a sewer, essentially. Just a bunch of gross. <laughs> Everything just kind of clumps together. and clumps together so and clogs the entire, like, street main. And, like, oh, it's really wow. bad. Yeah. Super nasty. Other nasty stuff uh, going down the drains. Hair. You know, I'm sure... Minya knows the struggle. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I've gotten it clogged a few times with my hair. I have a lot of hair too. So yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the best thing to do if you're anybody that has hair more than a couple inches long, those little hair traps, they're like a couple bucks at Walmart or mm -hmm. whatever. Just okay. drop those in the drain. They catch not everything, of course, but the more you can keep out of the drain, the better. So oh, for sure. It, they're worth a couple bucks to spend and... I mean, just buy a new one every now and then because they get really nasty really quick. So what about like Drano or Liquid Plumber? Is that dissolving Ooh. the hair or is it just dissolving the shit that's clogging the hair in that drain? Um, I actually don't know. Huh. But on that note, I didn't have this on my list of things, but this is something we talk about at our company quite a bit. Drano is actually really not good for your pipes because it's not just dissolving what's in the pipes. It's corrosive to the pipes itself. Oh, yeah. But there are things out there uh, that use biological enzymes rather than just straight chemicals. So it'll only break down other biological components. So oh. fat, oil, sure, hair. Sure. Okay. 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 So um, I didn't know look for that. stuff like that if you're going to get a drain cleaner. And it's more of a treatment. It's not going to clear it out if it's totally stopped up. But right. the stuff I buy, it's you use a capful down each drain once a month we let it sit overnight run some hot water afterwards and it just kind of keeps everything clean cool okay that's good to know yeah that stuff's awesome and <laughs> oh this one i'm a little guilty of not just a little a lot but garbage disposals i put everything down there oh if it'll, boy if it'll get shredded by the blades it's going down well not mm, bones I suppose and stuff to. we won't put like that kind of stuff I know we've all been <laughs> raised and just taught that, that it's better to put it down the drain because otherwise it's going to smell up your garbage, or at least that's what my mom taught me. Mm -hmm, she didn't mm -hmm. want the garbage to smell, but really it's not good to put all the food down the drain. Your garbage disposal is not a composter because it's still going to end up in the same drain as it would if you had put it down the other side of the sink. Mm -hmm. And sure. all the oils and all of the just nastiness from the food is going to stick to the sides. Of the pipes. Yeah. And it... Yeah. Sorry. It will get clogged eventually. Yeah. So that's a rough one I had it. to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I clogged my sink way too many times, putting too much stuff down there. Yeah. I mean, I think... Personally, I, I believe you. But, like, I, unless I'm putting a shit ton of oil down, I don't think I've ever clogged my kitchen sink. And so that was my thing, is just stop putting it Until one day you do. I know, I know. It's <laughs> going to happen. I think the worst time I ever had was, oh my gosh, I this is such a dumb story too, because I was old enough I should have known better. I was like 19 when I did this, but I was peeling potatoes and was just peeling the skin straight into the sink and decided to just shove all of the skins down into the disposal. That and is very heavy and very turn it, <laughs> turn it on. <laughs> Well, I had hot water running first, then turned the disposal on, and it pretty much just turned into mashed potatoes in the disposal. That's and awesome. it was like backing up both sides. I had to get the plunger and like plunge it down, and my mom was so mad when she got home <laughs> because it still stunk. <laughs> 
So That's take awesome. it from me. Learn from my mistakes. Don't put anything down the garbage disposal, especially potato skins. All right. All right. <laughs> That is good to know. <laughs> but that's all I really had on plumbing. Like I said, most of my background comes from HVAC. And for anyone that's been questioning up until this point, HVAC stands for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Damn it. I said high velocity oh, air conditioning. <laughs> I should have made that a quiz. Should have quizzed you guys. <laughs> oh, wait, but before we move on, sorry, yes. I don't mean to interrupt no. you. But with the plumbing thing, I mean, obviously, I don't even really know much about it, but... What about like the like um, bars of soap? Like when you get like pieces of that down there, does is does that cause an issue? Cause I do that all the time. Like it'll break apart, and then I'll kind of just like push it down there. I wouldn't think so. Just cause if you think after a while that soap's gonna dissolve with the water. That's what I kind of thought, but I'm just like I don't like you know with the composition of soap. I wasn't sure maybe that would be an issue, but it's been working so far. So I just keep doing it and like putting it down there because I'm just like I don't want to like throw it away and like yeah have that whole. I don't think it would be an issue. This is a silly question, but I'm like I do that so so often, (laughs) so I just wanted to know. But yeah, well one day the. Never mind. <laughs> it was no, a totally I, random thought. So. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we welcome random thoughts, yeah. so yeah. you can share. It's not for what I <laughs> oh, okay. Things. Well, if that's the case, my random thought was I just had this rant image of the drain like spitting the bar of soap back at you one day. Like, no, don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> that's how random. And then I keep is. like trying to push. <laughs> no, where I keep trying this because I don't want to pick you up, throw you away. <laughs> you will go down. <laughs> Exactly. So in this fictitious scenario where we're living in Beauty and the Beast, I guess? I don't know. Or Tim Burton, almost. This sounds a little Okay, dark. yeah, I guess that could be kind of Tim burton <laughs> It could. I can see it. Huh. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Tangent. Where were we? Um, you were moving into high-velocity air High-velocity. Yeah. English is hard. I almost thought it was called that. The actual. <laughs> well, once you know like what it stands for, I mean that's pretty much what all it includes. So your heating, your heater. There's different types of heaters. You've got most people are going to have a gas furnace. It's pretty standard. There are electric furnaces that don't run off of gas. Obviously, your power bill is going to be a lot higher, but that's it's better for the have. environment. <laughs> there, well, do you have an electric furnace or do you have a heat pump? I don't know this one. Do you? <laughs> I think they had said electric furnace. I don't know, to be honest, though. Okay. So heat pumps, they are becoming more common than they used to be because they didn't used to be the greatest for Utah's environment. They don't work the best in really low temperatures. So obviously yeah. in wintertime, they don't work very Shit. good here. But okay. the reason why is because... Oh, gosh, how do I explain this without using a lot of big words? Uh, it's an air conditioner in reverse. So it takes the heat from outside and pumps it into the house, whereas an air conditioner is taking the heat from in the house and, pumping and it out. using it outside. Okay. But it still uses those same refrigeration lines, and it's just okay. a loop so back and forth. So given how shitty our heat can be sometimes in the winter here, I'm going to go ahead and say heat pump. Well, electric furnaces also just are less efficient than gas furnaces. True, but I also have the unlimited energy of the sun, and they still were shitty. Ah. So. Definitely yeah. could be. I don't, I don't know. know. But the curious. other thing with heat pumps, and their technology has really come a long way, um, but they also have 
it's like a, oh, what do they call it? Emergency heat setting. So say it gets below 20 degrees outside, it does have the option to just kick over and run off of gas and act as a normal furnace. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Interesting. So. Um, so with, I don't know if you know, like all the inner workings of the whole system, but like, I, I personally don't. Do you think you could, like, kind of, like, explain? Because I know you said it's kind of a loop, but, like, how does it, like, actually work? Like, yeah. For, um, for like, science. I guess it's kind of science. For science. And yeah. I'm a sci- like, I'm a science nerd, so I'm well, just, like, I kind of want to know. It's, like, physics probably, I'm sure. No, yeah. <laughs> well, what's great is I've actually... I found a, a couple of YouTube videos that explains it pretty well because I have to explain this to the customer service reps and the dispatchers on my team. So for a, just for a normal furnace, it's going to start with the thermostat. Thermostat has its set point that it's trying to keep the house at. And once it starts to go below that set point, the thermostat's going to say, hey, hey, we need some heat. Time to mm-hmm. kick on the furnace. So it sends down the signal. Um trying to remember exactly what goes first i'm not going to get too detailed with it but basically once the signal gets to the furnace it's gonna start the igniter and the burners and kind of get it preheating and get things warming up and then after usually you know 30 seconds to a minute then the blower will kick on and start moving that warm air through the house but that's why you kind of hear it run when you hear your furnace kick on you hear it quietly at first and then it gets loud yeah so that's it turning on to kind of heat things up a little bit first and then it starts blowing the hair around alexa stop sorry he's dropping (laughs) alexa Stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even say anything like her. Jeez. No. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, basically yeah, how pretty, it works. So okay. there's there's a lot more detailed parts in there, and furnaces are just getting more and more complicated. I mean, there's pressure switches. Uh, you have two motors. There's the inducer motor and the blower motor, so they run two yeah, different things. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, you're thinking. The, oh, the so heat much. exchanger um, is one of the bigger components because if that goes out, you might as well just replace the whole furnace. It, it's like $2,500 minimum to fix that one part. But those really. So, mm, how do I explain the heat exchanger? That's actually, you would think so. So it sits right behind the burners, and I'm trying to picture this in my head, but it sits behind the burners, and yeah, I think that's like where the actual, hmm, nope, I'm going to make a fool of myself if I try and explain this and say it wrong. So just know that if your heat exchanger is breached, that's bad. If there's a crack or a hole or something in it, that's bad because it leaks carbon monoxide yeah what are you giggling about <laughs> just the way you said that the heat exchanger is breached it reminded me of this plane doesn't have a phalange i don't know anyway. but yes <laughs> breaches are bad Okay, okay. Carbon monoxide, not Carbon bad. monoxide yeah, is bad. bad oh, I didn't have this on my list either, but everybody please make sure you have a carbon monoxide detector in your home. Well, it, Furnace and water heater are going to be the most common culprits, but if you have a gas stove, gas oven, any gas appliances can leak carbon monoxide. It's quick, it's dangerous, and will make you very sick or kill you. So just make sure you have a detector, please, everybody. So... 
Well, obviously gas is the primary place to give monoxide. What if you don't have a gas line in your unit at all? We're 100% electric oh. for the whole community. Are there still sources? Um, for carbon vehicles? Yeah. I mean, if you got a bunch of running cars in a like enclosed garage like you guys have... But oh, you would have sure. to have a bunch of, like, running cars and have the air somehow getting from the garage into your apartment. So, okay. really unlikely for you guys, actually. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Cool. So, do, like, most places come with a carbon monoxide detector? Or, I like, think if you're s- renting, it's legally required for okay. them to have one for you. It is. But if Sometimes you, like, Sometimes they'll it. put them in really stupid places, like, oh, yeah. the very lowest outlet they can find. And carbon monoxide rises, I thought. Yes. So the ones we did it at. Ooh. Sorry. My train of thought jumped like four spaces in a row right there. And my mouth couldn't keep up. So most of, okay, I want to backtrack a little bit. So there's carbon monoxide detectors, which those are the ones you can get. Home Depot. Sure. Lowe's, pretty much anywhere. Those won't start going off, though, until they detect 40 to 80-ish parts per million over an extended period of time, like four hours. So you're already So you're already hypoxia. feeling sick at that point wow. because you'll start feeling sick. It's dangerous at 15 yeah. parts per million. Now there's things on the market called carbon monoxide monitors, and those will detect as low as five parts per million. So hmm. we've been really kind of pushing those at our company just because of that safety reason. And I mean, they'll go off if they detect even just a little bit. So we had a customer call and say, Hey, it's going off around the same time every day. I can't figure out why. Like I've checked all of our appliances. They're all working fine. And we sent a technician out to kind of take a look. And we realized it was in the morning as her husband was getting ready to leave every day and they had it kind of in the hallway over by the garage. So it was picking up oh, the carbon monoxide sure. coming from his big Car. huge truck yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. from the garage. Okay. And it was in the hallway in the house. Wow. But it was picking it up around the same time every day. Because it's doing it instantaneous reading instead of saying yep. over the past two hours it's been there. Yep. Okay. So they ended up just moving it so it wouldn't do that anymore and that's Problem solved. But yeah, anyway, that's my tangent cool. about carbon monoxide and okay. why I you should have a detector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as air conditioning goes, most people are going to have one of two things. They're going to have a swamp cooler or a central air. Yep. Swamp coolers, they're the ones that use the water. They're usually on the ceiling, on your roof. Window units work pretty much the same way as a swamp cooler. They're just smaller, more affordable. Don't mm-hmm. have to be installed mm-hmm. and have a hole cut in your roof. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's and fair. then central air, those are the ones where you've got the big condenser out on the ground. And then refrigerant lines that run in. Sorry, I have the hiccups now. That sucks. Pineapple. <laughs> um, so the refrigerant lines run in. And what I actually had no idea until I started working at this job is you actually have two parts to your central air. There's the condenser that's outside. Right. But then you have your evaporator coil that's inside and sits on top of the furnace and that's actually so the refrigerant loop (laughs) i came up with this stupid metaphor the other day but it works it's so basic it works picture the refrigerant lines as a train track a little one direction train track Mm -hmm. sure so the train is going to come into that evaporator coil in on the furnace and it's going to pick up its heat passengers it's going to absorb the heat from the air and you're uh, 
air conditioner actually uses the blower on the furnace to circulate your air. So even in the summertime, that's why you hear your furnace running. Mm-hmm. It's just the blower circulating the air okay. for you. Okay. But so the train picks up its heat passengers and then it goes through the refrigerant lines outside. And then when it gets to the condenser, that's where the refrigerant is actually compressed and the heat is released. So if you hold your hand over the top of the big fan out there it's while it's running, air. it's warm air. Yeah. It's the refrigerant bringing that hot air from inside and just dumping it outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once that refrigerant's cooled down, it continues going along its little train track back inside to pick up more passengers. Okay. okay. That's so. a really good I don't like it's the d- simplest little metaphor. That's so but... cool, yeah, because I wouldn't have understood it like yeah. any other way, so that's really good. <laughs> yeah, but that's the physics way. It's, yeah. it's absorbing the heat and then releasing the heat. Okay. It's just the heat particles. Okay, cool. Like is or the there... heat energy really. Okay. No, that is really cool. Um is there like a recommended like with with the air conditioning, is there like a recommended like one to get compared to like because you said there's like the swamp Swamp cooler or like is one better than the other not necessarily a lot of people would think the central air is better and depending on your living situation most of the time it is going to be just more efficient and it's going to give a lot more even cooling throughout the home but say you have a studio apartment or something or you know two room apartment you don't need that big of a thing and you're going to be wasting so much on energy bills having that versus just one unit okay now if you've got a 2,000 square foot house and your only source of cooling is coming from one spot in the roof yeah that's not going to be the best but it yeah it just depends on situation to situation and same thing with the types of furnaces i mean just depending on your square footage and how your ductwork is set up. That mm-hmm. actually has a huge impact on what kind of equipment's going to be best because 60 years ago, they didn't know how to really calculate how much ductwork was needed. They mm-hmm. were just like, okay, we're going to connect all the rooms. However we got to make it work is going to work. Well, yeah. But now in the last you know 10 to 20 years, we've realized how big of an impact ductwork can make on yeah. how Absolutely. efficient your system runs. If you have more ductwork to go through, it's going to either cool down or warm up before it gets to its destination. And the pressure as well. So airflow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do readings on something called static pressure, which it, picture the blood pressure in your ductwork. Mm-hmm. So is it high pressure, like the motor's having to work really hard to circulate the air, or is it low pressure where the motor's just running and running and running, but the air's not really moving? Sure. Um, both of which, high and low, are going to cause different issues with the system. For but sure. What we see a lot of times is high pressure because the ductwork wasn't calculated and there's just not enough airflow. So we see the furnaces overworking and it's the motors are overheating and it leads to premature motor failure. Okay. So people get mad. It works like the body kind of. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like I'm it's thinking exactly of someone's like heart, heart like beat. Yeah, like their heart like, you know, just like working super hard and then like all of a sudden just stops. So that's kind of like what I pictured. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, So this is kind of, I don't know if if it's like some sort of issue with air conditioning or not, but like every time I like have like, we turn on like the AC in the summer, like my face, like my breathing and stuff, like it's super like irritated and my sinuses like 
I don't know if it's a me thing or if it's an issue with the air conditioning, but like I start like just getting super itchy and like I it just bothers me so much. Do you know if that's like? Is it just when you like first turn it on, or is it throughout like the it's whole like, summer when you guys are using it? Yeah, throughout the whole time, like especially when it gets like super like. It's working really well, I guess, like, when it's really cold and it's, like, I get similar issues with, like, heat, too, but not as bad as, like, air um, I don't know. Don't Maybe know that's a me thing. I don't know. If anything, well, if anything, <laughs> if it's when the, like, air's blowing around a lot, it could be a, like, an allergy or a filtration yeah. thing. You I think that might be it. Yeah, so, so it might be oh my. that. If yeah. you have dust mites, okay. Yeah. That was the uh, <laughs> next section, so this is a perfect segue. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> IAQ. IAQ is one of my favorite things because I knew nothing about it before I started here, but it stands for indoor air quality, which oh, okay. is kind of self-explanatory when you think about it, but mm-hmm. most sure. people don't have anything in their home to improve Measure your air quality. Or, and yeah we spend how much time in our houses, especially now with people working from, from let's try that again (laughs) with people working from home a lot more and being indoors a lot more air quality just matters more than ever now. Yeah. And anyone who lives in the Salt Lake area can attest. It's not much better outside. So when your system is running and it's pulling that clean air from outside, it's putting that nasty air from outside into your home. (laughs) It's no wonder that filter that they took out was black. Well, I was going to say, when was the last uh, time you guys changed your filter not calling you out? A week ago. <laughs> Before that? Uh, well, the apartment, this building was built in August of last year, so they've switched it out twice? twice now. We've had three separate filters since then. So new construction, all the dust settling, the fact that we live in smog during the winter. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm going to shame myself here for a minute. Um, I've been in my apartment for two years now, actually, as of last week. We had our first filter change because I didn't realize my apartments require you to request a filter change. It's legally required for them to do home inspections. Yeah. That's part the only of that reason is we had our change. Oh, they have they not did. done a single inspection since I moved in. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. I Actually, no, them. they might have done one. I think we got a notice once that they were going to come by and do an inspection. But I don't know that anybody actually came by because my boyfriend was there all day. Oh, wow. Pretty much. He left for a little bit, but... That's yeah. such a... I think it's... Fire, fire hazard at the very least. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad I... Didn't say <laughs> glad <where> I live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it was, it was so nasty. And we have a dog, so... Yeah. All cakes... Just caked with hair. Yummy. So, the recommendation for changing your filter is every 30 to 90 days. What? And that does vary depending on a couple of factors, like is it a one-inch filter, a five-inch filter? Do you have pets in the home? If you have, like, you guys have a dog, yeah, 30 yeah, days yeah. is recommended for you guys because of all the pet hair. After that 30 days, it may not look super-duper dirty, but if you hold it up to the light, you can see the dust particles right. and stuff in it. So do you have to go, like, super expensive, like, HEPA grade? Oh, God, or yeah. my dad says he gets, like... Five for ten dollars or some shit at Home oh, Depot yeah. and just use those. Yeah, the Home Depot okay. filters are just fine. So there's different. They call them MERV ratings. M E R V. The lower the number, the less it's gonna catch through the air. So your standard one inch filters, those are gonna be a MERV eight, mm-hmm. which are so great. Those are awesome for most standard people. 
we, my company, when we install new systems, we really endorse the five inch filters, the Merv 11 or the Merv 13. They're pretty comparable either way. Mm-hmm. And those ones still not HEPA, still nothing too crazy. They are a little more expensive. I think we charge like 40 bucks a filter. But those ones are the ones that will last longer because they're five inches thick instead of just one inch. Right. So those ones you could definitely get away oh, with more that's like thick. three to six. Thought you were talking months. diameter. Oh no no that's thickness. Damn. Oh wow. thickness. So you do okay. have to have a special filter cabinet to be able to use those. Right. But they're not too crazy to get installed or anything. But so those are the Merv 11, Merv 13. Those ones you can get away with not changing as often. But if you have allergies or pets, they're gonna catch a because it's a higher Merv rating catching smaller particles and getting more of that dust and fine material out mm-hmm. of the air. Okay. And then the highest ones we sell that I know of are the Merv 16s. Those are the only HEPA ones that I know of. Mm-hmm. They're like, we charge like 150 bucks for them. They are not cheap, but they are hospital grade quality. So Do they like last longer? or They still need <clears throat> to be changed okay. as often as the other 5 inch ones okay. because they catch a lot more stuff they get clogged up quicker yeah. sure. so it's not that they last longer they're just going to keep their air a lot cleaner the people yeah. we recommend those to are people that are like high risk have lung issues <clears throat> cancer or anything like that in their home and need a really sterile environment mm-hmm. that's who we recommend those ones to but most people either the merv 11 merv 13 or the merv 8 if you're just going to be if you're going to be sure. good about changing your filter there's nothing wrong with the one inch ones okay But some other stuff that's available on the market, I mean, they have air scrubbers and UV lights, which will actually, they use the UV like hospitals do to Mm -hmm. kill germs and viruses and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And those get installed, let's try that again, uh, in your ductwork actually right by the coil. So it'll sterilize the coil as well and keep that from getting moldy. And what else falls under IAQ? Humidifiers. So, I was actually kind of just thinking about those. Yes. Yeah. Humidifiers are awesome. I mean, if you live in a really small apartment or something, a little standalone is fine. But if you have mm-hmm. a home that's bigger or multiple levels, getting a humidifier installed on your furnace is so awesome. Because it not only has health benefits, it helps you know with breathing and sinuses and congestion. It's got great benefits for your skin and for your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have hardwood floors or like wood furniture in the home, mm. it helps keep those healthy as well. Okay. Oh, hmm. yeah, I didn't know about that part. Now, here's just kind of a funny story for you guys is I, we've been dealing with this customer who, poor guy, like he got misled by this company, but they installed bamboo floors in his home here in the Salt Lake Valley. Why? That's my question, because then they tell him, okay, you need to maintain a 50 to 60 percent humidity level in this home. We're like 30 percent on average. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. with a humidifier, we're barely getting this guy's house to like 45%. And he's mad because it's cracking the floor. And we're just like, well, dude, we're doing everything we can to help you. But you should really go back to this flooring company and have them, <laughs> them, the make them swap that yeah. out. Because they should not have sold you bamboo flooring in our environment. <laughs> yeah, there's just some things that don't work in Utah that yeah. can work in other places. Or just a very dry environment. Oh, yeah, nosebleeds. Dry. I forgot about nosebleeds. If you get nosebleeds regularly. Oh, yeah, humidity right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, like, I feel like it's, 
like when we because we do have a humidifier and we turn it on it does like really help and i feel like you can breathe better like especially because the air is so dry here it's <laughs> i <awful>. hate it <laughs> my skin is just always constantly in that state of yeah. i want moisture but right <laughs> then you over lotion and and then it's too much yeah bad cycle I get it. <laughs> can't really so i mean there's just kind of the basics of what HVAC entails. I'm, I don't want to go into specific parts or anything too much, but do want to talk about some basic maintenance you can do. Again, this should be whether you're renting, owning. Um, we already talked about filter changes, so whether you're doing those yourself or whether your apartment maintenance has to come do it, I am now going to be requesting my filter change every month on the first when I go in and pay my rent. I'm just going to do it <laughs> while I'm already on the site. There you go. But honestly, 90% of the emergency calls for furnaces and ACs that my company gets, they could be prevented by maintenance. It's usually because something has gotten too dirty, something's been not working for so long that it's now impacting other things. So doing these little things can actually save you a lot of money in the long run and save you from having a breakdown because even if you run it until it breaks, you then got to think, okay, it's usually a couple of days until somebody can get out to you, especially mm. if it's in the hottest time of the summer, you might be looking a week or two out. Yep. So Aww. just, it's so much better to be preventive about that stuff, but that's why a filter is the number one thing anybody can do. Um, replace your thermostat batteries regularly. Not all thermostats have batteries. Some of them are wired just directly into the electrical, but mm -hmm. if a lot of them that just kind of pop off the wall, they've got batteries in the back. So. Okay. Um, with the air conditioner, this I don't think would be impacting what you were talking about, but it does help to rinse it off the condenser outside before you turn it on for the season. Now you're going to want to rinse it off on a day that it's obviously not freezing outside because you don't want to get ice all over it, sure. but just rinse it off on a cooler day where you're not going to run the AC. Um, those coils along the outside are what you should really try and get clean. Uh, try not to get down in the middle too much. Obviously, just the outside is what you want to rinse. Mm -hmm. right. But just keeping that clean will help it run a lot more efficiently throughout the summer and save you on some energy bills. Okay. And then, oh, this is a big one that also didn't know until I worked there, but uh, keeping your vents clean and open. Now, clean's a little self-explanatory, but don't close certain vents to try and direct the airflow in your house. Again, that kind of ties back to airflow, because mm -hmm. if you're closing off vents, you're not really redirecting the airflow, you're just constricting it. Sure. So you're overworking your system, and it's not, it might do a little bit what you're hoping it will do, but really it's best to let your house heater cool evenly. Just leave all the vents open, leave all the doors open so that the air can flow freely around the home. I was actually going to ask about that because there's like certain rooms that will be like colder than other rooms and I'm just kind of like it, it's kind of annoying like here it'll be warm but then it'll be freezing in our you know room over there and I'm just like why does this happen I thought it's just like it's gonna like disperse like evenly like throughout so it could definitely be the way the ductwork is set up that's what we see most of the times when you have hot and cold spots mm -hmm. is that the ductwork just is set up in a really dumb way so okay. it doesn't flow evenly yeah. but yeah the best way to try and improve that is just leaving open doors and everything, everything open sure. so okay. that it can flow freely okay cool Awesome. And then um, also, this is kind of like an air thing as well. Like, 
candles. I don't know if you know, like, a lot about how... Because I know some candles, there are specific types of candles you have to get. Because if they're not, like, made from, like, beeswax or whatnot, then they can be harmful for the air around you. My friend, she makes candles, and so she, she did, like, a lot of research on that. But I'm just like, do you know anything about that? Like, when you tell people, don't, like, have these on because it'll be, like... I don't know, bad for either, like, the vents or, like, the air. I've actually not heard anything about candles. Um, okay. I know incense is, I mean, that's going to leave a residue behind because it's right. a lot more smoky than a candle would for be. Sure. But yeah. I've not heard anything. Yeah, no, because, like, there are some, like, candles, like, they're just really, like, if you just get, like, normal, I think, like, soy or, you know, just those candles that are like that and you burn them, they're like really bad for the air so i can see that actually. Yeah. yeah or like the like plugins that you put in like the glade plugins or like stuff she like that so good, it smells though. good like it really does but like i did like i read into it i'm just like oh this is so like not good for the air like and you're already like in your home like a lot so it's just like i don't know so it's, it's like, a lot more um just particles being released that you're mm -hmm. then breathing in and they're getting into your body. Right. So yeah. 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 Be smart. Do your research on if you're going to burn stuff in your home, know what you're burning. Know what it is. Yeah. Natural yeah. is best. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I crack yeah, is I whack like... kids. <laughs> so with all those chemicals. <laughs> There's something about crack. Yeah. Uh huh? You're the one that was talking about crack. You just... No, I know. But that thing that we were talking about in the last episode, that I was offensive somehow. No, it oh. wasn't. <laughs> All right. No, it wasn't crack. Uh, but anyways. But yeah, that's just like, I was curious about that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Candles could I might cool. have to look into that though. Yeah. No, I yeah. Maybe it would help some people, customers be like, hey, like, you know, maybe don't have these cheap candles. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but like the cheap ones that are really cheap are the ones mm -hmm. that are... They're going to be because they're not the quality ingredients yeah. and there's no testing that being done. And exactly. yeah, I yeah, could see that. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's, right. yeah, that's the kind of stuff most people can do. Actually, everybody can do that stuff. Keep your stuff clean, guys. Change your batteries. That's all. I like it. Okay. Yeah. As far as what not to do yourself, I know there's a lot of people out there who probably think, oh, I can youtube this and just do it myself and save a lot of money and i kind of look at andrew because i feel like he's one of those people <laughs> yeah depending on the be. situation yeah. like, <laughs> exactly what, okay so what about like relighting the pilot light if that goes out most furnaces under 10 years aren't going to have a pilot light anymore it's not a thing it's an electric igniter to be fair this was 15 16 years yeah. ago we had gone on a trip to arizona come back the whole basement smelled like gas yeah. and dad was like i have to air it out and then yeah. light it again but he's still alive, so... So, yes. so that that is what I want to say on this topic, is furnaces are a lot more complicated than they used to be. It used to be just, you know, the, the uh, gas valve, you'd have your standing flame, your blower, your burners. True. Now they've got all those other pressure switches and another motor and all sorts of crazy stuff in there. So they're just, and gosh, these new 99% efficiency furnaces, most, the standard is 80%. 99 okay. is the newest one that was released oh. by Linux. And God, they are so complicated. There's so many control boards and dip switches and all sorts of <laughs> I mean, 99% efficiency though. Yeah. Like. 
That's impressive. Anyway, where was I going with this? Uh, what not to do. What not to do. Oh, yeah. Don't do anything inside the furnace. Once you take that door off, all of that electronic stuff in there, if you don't know what you're doing, please don't try and watch it on YouTube because there's so many different furnaces out there that where it's located in one may not be where mm-hmm. it's located in yours. And, I mean, like I've said, I am in the office as a manager. I started as a dispatcher, so, you know, scheduling all of the breakdown calls but I'm also over the customer service reps now so I hear all of the horror stories of customers (laughs) who have tried to do things themselves they've either shocked themselves caught their furnace on fire um blown the control board on their furnace but just by trying to change a flame sensor and that people tend to think that's the easiest thing because you can just pop it out wipe it off with a rag and pop it back in to clean it but he touched something he shouldn't have with the flame sensor so it like created a electrical arc and wouldn't it have made sense to go to your circuit breaker and cut power to your heat system in the meantime fun fact so most furnaces have a power switch right next to them if it looks like a light switch and it's right next to the furnace that's probably the power switch oh my god yeah I think my little brother actually turned the furnace off one time because they had that um. <laughs> we get that call a lot love you know well, I guess not a lot, but it, we have had it before. You know, an old lady calls in, her furnace isn't working. It turns out her grandkids were just messing around in the basement and turned it off for her. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, it's tough to think about. You won't short the board if you do that when yeah, you have just, power to it. Yeah, just that's my recommendation. Now, I've, obviously, I can't control you guys. You're going to do what you're going to do. This so just keep this stuff in mind. <laughs> but yes, anything inside that blower cabinet, there's a lot of electrical wires, a lot of exposed control boards and switches and stuff that you can fry. Um, capacitors, we've had customers uh, blow their entire condenser outside just trying to, or their, not the condenser, the compressor, mm-hmm. which is the major part of the condenser. Yeah, yeah. But again, a capacitor, something super simple. There's a million YouTube videos on how to change a capacitor. Four or five a summer I get of customers that call in to us and have to buy a new one because they screwed theirs up. Oh. And furnaces and ACs are not cheap either, you guys. We get a lot of calls expecting, you know, customers are expecting it to be $2,500 for a new furnace. Seventy-five. That well, God, we pay about three thousand for a furnace. Okay. So, yeah, I think our minimum starting price right now, with all the latest price increases, because I've got our cost on everything's gone oh, yeah. up about forty percent over the last year. That makes sense. Anyway, so yeah, you're looking minimum probably seven grand for a new furnace, twelve grand for a full system. It ain't yeah, cheap. Just, it's yeah, not cheap. So take of, care I mean, of even, even twenty five hundred sounded like a lot to me. <laughs> so no, it's basically a used car, you guys. I mean, other uh, than your car or your house is going to be your number one expensive thing you buy in your life. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, it's going to be a car, and the third is your HVAC system. Mm-hmm. Most people are only going to buy one, maybe two HVAC systems in their entire life, but they do cost the same as a car almost. And as inflation keeps going, I'm sure it's just going to keep getting worse. Okay, if we're just going to have a really big fireplace. Go a little off the grid. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I don't right. know. I saw this tiny home fireplace that was actually pretty dang cool because they could. it was a, had a little choke on the 
mm-hmm. uh, vent so they could control how much heat the wood stove was putting out. And I'm like, that's freaking cool. That is kind yeah. of But then again, way. it was also like a 300-square-foot home. And yeah. I know, yeah, tiny home. More stuff than could even fit in 300 square feet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that is so... That's all really good to know. Um, I personally will never try to fix anything on my own. Like, not even just, like, something simple. <laughs> so, like, I am the type... I'm just like, I'd rather call someone, like, very experienced, have them do it, even though it might cost, you know, more. But I'm just like that it like I feel like mm. in the long term it pays off it, it, it definitely like, does yeah like in my opinion because like, like if do you it myself, do it I would do it myself yeah but you don't know how to do everything so <laughs> you're like not skilled at so every single thing so obviously not things that cost twelve thousand dollars but other things <laughs> there's YouTube yeah certain uh, things obviously <laughs> like Snaking your own drain. You buy one of those little drain snakes at Home Depot. You're not going to hurt anything with that, really. Yeah. If you've got a clogged sink, clogged toilet, nothing yeah, wrong with doing that yourself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, exactly like you were saying, Minya, it's when it comes to those big expensive pieces of equipment, it's so much better to just call a professional. And, you know, I'm not using this as a plug for my company. I didn't. That's not my point at all for coming on the podcast. Oh. But this is what I tell everybody when they're looking for a service company is these are just the few things you want to keep in mind. And then I've got some stories about my poor mom and what she's been through over the last few years because she does not listen to me when it comes to this stuff. So obviously if you're a renter, you have to check your lease because like me at my apartments, I do not get to call any outside companies. I just contact their maintenance. That's the rules. Sure. Um, now, I've we have a lot of people that call us because they have a... Say you, uh, I lost my train of thought here, dang it. Anyway, they're renting a house, and it's not, say, like, through a company or something, but renting from someone as a landlord. Right. Your landlord may not care. They may just say, yeah, call whoever, send us the receipt for what you paid, and we'll take it off of rent. But, again, just check your lease, because if it's in your lease that you're supposed to call someone specific, and you don't, then there's no guarantee you're getting your money back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, know what your rules are. Uh, if you have homeowner's insurance, a lot of people, when they buy a home, they'll have homeowner's insurance those first few years. Usually, they want you to use their companies as well. Here's the thing, though. Homeowner's insurance want you to use their companies because their companies are cheaper and don't charge as much. So you're probably not going to get as good of a job done or they're not going to get it done right the first time and have to come back several times to actually fix mm. the issue. But again, if you're going through your homeowner's insurance, they're paying for it at that point. So it, up to you to decide how you want to handle that situation sure um always look for somebody licensed and insured and this is where i'm going to go into story time for a little bit because my mom her biggest concern when it comes to anything maybe not biggest but she's very concerned over price she wants the best deal she wants everything the cheapest she can get it when she was trying to sell our house we grew up in, they were having somebody come in and repaint all the walls. And it was somebody that was referred to us by a neighbor. Somebody that, aren't, I mean, we had known this neighbor for 15 years, lived across the street from him. And he referred, I think it was just a buddy of his or a work friend or something. This dude not only stole my little sister's piggy bank, he stole $200 in cash that my mom had in the cupboard above the... Uh, countertop in the kitchen and took the jar of change that was sitting on top of the washing machine so 
you know, my mom hired a paint thief, but again, he, she just hired him on the side. So no yeah. company or anything to report him to, and she couldn't prove it. She did a, a police report, but of course couldn't prove that it was him, so nothing came of it. Right. Then, later that same year, when she's getting all the carpets replaced in the house that they're trying to sell, the carpet guy, again, this was just a buddy that was recommended, or maybe he had his own company, but he was like a one-man chuck in a truck. No licensing or insurance again. Nice, mm. nice. Not only did he ghost her the first two appointments, but the third day he was supposed to show up, he gets arrested on his way to my mom's house. Oh, wow. He has the carpet that she's already paid for in the back of his van. Nice. And the van gets freaking impounded. <laughs> was she able to go get the carpet? Not for like two weeks. <laughs> it took her two weeks to get her carpet out of the impound lot. Jeez. And then had to find somebody else to come and do the job because this dude's in jail now. <laughs> and the last story, Ooh. and this is the one that makes me the most angry. So, Mom, I'm sorry if you end up listening to this episode, but I still can't <laughs> believe you did this to me. I was working at the company I work for now. Her, She had just bought a new house. You know, they sold the old one, her new one. AC goes out that first summer, of course. So she needs a new one. She has my company come out. We give her a quote. Give her a good deal, you know, employee family discount. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And she schedules the install for like a week out. Now, unbeknownst to me, during this week, she's shopping around for other pricing. <laughs> and she finds some guy who, he's an HVAC guy at a hospital, but was willing to do an install for her on the side. And he, she ends up going with him because he's, you know, half the cost of what my company was going to charge. Within, I can't remember if it was a year or two of him installing it, it, it stops working. So she has him come back out and take a look. And the copper pipes that the refrigerant go through are just all sorts of messed up. Like they're bent weird and they're in the weirdest angles. And he's, like, trying to blame this on her. Be like, well, you've obviously been hitting the pipes or putting something on them or, like, jumping on them, basically. My mom is not a big woman, okay? She maybe weighs 120 pounds. There's yeah. no way she's going to be out here just bashing, bashing on, on the pipes. copper pipes for fun. So he did this crappy job installing it and then flipped around and blamed her and wouldn't cover it under warranty. Charged her $1,700 to fix it. Yeah, yeah. So I love you, Mom, but you realize if you had just gone through my company, you wouldn't have had to deal with that. Yeah. And that's just the note I want to end on is, look, no matter what company you call, no, if my company sounds cool and you want to call us, it's same day, heating and air, big green vans. <laughs> Um, but any company you call, and this actually applies across the board, any company in general, but any company can only focus on two out of these three things, never all three, but there's great customer service, there's quality and expertise, and there's low prices. Mm -hmm. So name a company, any company. Uh, do you know? I don't know. Yeah, the companies, I don't know. But... Let's throw McDonald's out there. <laughs> oh, so. any company. Oh, just like, like any HVAC oh, company. Yeah, I was like, any oh, what? Okay. Oh, <laughs> McDonald's. Let's, so we'll talk about out of the three things. Great customer service. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold, hold on. on. They don't have great customer no, service. No, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking. Okay, what right, you right. say? <laughs> well, 
okay, maybe they only have one. I was going to say, that's That's their focus is the low prices. But because they focus so much on that, they can't focus on the other things because if they focus on better customer service or better quality ingredients, they would have to raise their prices. Right, right. So then you look at a company like Disneyland. Let's throw Disneyland out there. Great customer service. Like any employee there is going to have a smile on their face mm-hmm. and be willing to do damn near anything to make you happy. Right. Quality slash expertise. Personally, I really I have a lot of fun at Disneyland because I'm a child at heart and a big old nerd. So yeah, yeah, yeah I would say sure. good. They put a lot of focus on their quality and the just the detail and everything there is insane. However, because they are so focused on those other two, they can't do low pricing. I mean, they could. It's Disney. Well, that's a different story. I, I kind of <laughs> want to bring up this. I mean, I know we're, we've been in the, you know, doing the podcast for a little bit, but I kind of want to bring up Trader Joe's. Don't you think that they have all three? Well, at least I personally think they do. Cause we they used have, to shop there. I want to say, I don't never decent. really shopped there, so hard for me to say. So for two of us. <laughs> And I cook, you know that. Yeah. Um, for for two, yeah. For two of us, we were looking at maybe 150, 160 a week at Trader Joe's. Which so is 600, like, 700 a month, not terrible for food. Yeah, and probably people. even less, sometimes 120. I don't know, for two people, you guys sound like you're on the higher end. For for what I pay, but I shop at like Winco, mostly. Yeah. So. Well, so yeah, we have switched to Winco, or actually that Lee's Marketplace just down the street is Lee's average. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that until just that, until they opened up a few yeah. weeks ago. I would, I would argue against Trader Joe's on low prices, honestly. I think they are on the lower end. Like, they're not Whole Foods expensive. Yeah. But compared but to, yeah, Walmart, Smith, <laughs> yeah, Macy's, so for like like other really grocery low prices. But when you compare, like, the quality and then yeah. the, like, but the price But you know together. you're getting better quality, yeah. so you're sure. willing to pay okay. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah. So I can see. There yeah. would be my argument. Okay. Cool. Okay. okay. Yeah. So just remember that with any company. <laughs> I also like to give the spaghetti example. So I cannot tell you. Part of my uh, part of my job is dealing with the cu- customer complaints. Mm-hmm. All the angry people get to get funnel through me. Sure. So get a lot of them. You know, why did you guys charge me this much to replace my faucet? I could buy the same faucet for hundred dollars at Home Depot, and you guys charge me five times that. Right. And I have to explain, well, ma'am, you're not just paying for a faucet. You're paying for a licensed Wait, and skilled yeah. person who has been through years of schooling to come out, assess the situation, professionally remove and install your faucet and make it look nice, make sure it works properly. And then we have a warranty on any work we do. So if anything goes wrong or if he messes it up, if we damage anything, we're going to fix it for free. We're not charging you for anything we mess up. Right. Whereas if you call your neighbor's cousin's uncle to come do some plumbing work for you, if he messes something up, I mean, you could go through small claims court to get back at him, but that's a hassle and a half. And how many people actually want to deal with that? Sure. Right. No, that's a good point um, that you mentioned. And then you're also buying those products yourself. So if like you were to charge 
the same price that you purchased it for, like where like there's no profit. I mean, that's yeah, more the, like then we don't stay in business, but, right? Exactly. Yeah, like people need to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, no joke. I had a customer last week who was so upset with me over our increase in pricing. She's been with us for a couple of years, so she's seen our pricing go up over the last few years, which. I mean, we're paying our technicians more because of the way the economy is going. We want to keep our technicians. We've got awesome techs, and we want them to stay with our company. So we've been increasing their pay, plus the cost that we're paying on parts and materials is going up. So if we don't raise our prices, we're going out of business. (laughs) And then all of these people, all these employees, no longer have a job. Yeah. And we're a local company. I mean, we're not corporate America, anything like that. Yeah. Our, the owners of our company live out in Cottonwood Heights. So yeah. they know everybody on a first name basis yeah. and they want to do what's best for them. And yeah, for sure. But anyway, sorry. No, I got off track with the crazy I, I, I Anyway, <laughs> so she's complaining about our pricing and how we've increased. And I'm trying to explain this to her like, look, we, you know, I, I understand. I really do. Inflation sucks, but it, it's out kind of out of our control. Like if we want to stay in business, we have to do this. And she responds with, well, I have a business and I haven't increased our pricing because that's just not fair to the customer. And, and at like, that point hey. I was just kind of dumbstruck. Like I didn't know what else to say to this lady. Cause how do you, are you with someone who's not using any large logic? <laughs> like, right. right. Well, it's like your, dif- your business is different than ours, lady. Like, you, there's... Well, and I want to know what kind of business I mean, she's in po- that... Possibly. Well, she probably overinflated her prices from the get-go. So <laughs> she was making an 80% profit. Now she's just shrunk that down to 40%. And she's still fine. Like, yeah, unless she has a business where she has no materials cost and... Her cost of living for, you know, if she's only paying herself, say she's the only employee of her business, even if she's her only employee, if her, any of her bills or anything have gone up, then yeah, she's not in a good position. And all I could think was, okay, have a good day and good luck with your business going out because you're not going to stay in business if you don't increase pricing. And I just, I hate it. I hate that inflation's a thing and how bad it's happening right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, people, it's one of those things yeah. that's like, it is what it is. And what do people like us do about it? Right. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll get off my soapbox for now. <laughs> no, <you're laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was such a really good explanation of all the different, you know, um, factors to kind of think about when, you know, keeping up with your home and like what, kind of stuff you need to have so that was good to hear because i absolutely knew like none of that information like zero percent yeah nobody this is some of those things that's never talked about like unless you actually have a problem with the hvac or your plumbing in your home you're never gonna just casually talk to your friend like so yeah i got this uh i got this new humidifier (laughs) No, that is so good to know. It Honestly, is. probably like one of my favorite episodes because I just, yeah, like this kind of stuff. Because now we like when we do eventually buy, a home, if we buy a home, like I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. But if we do, like we're more prepared if I'm now. I'm able to take advantage <laughs> of social security. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, are there any like last like kind of insights or things that you wanted to throw out there before we, you know, end the episode? Um, I mean, I didn't touch on electrical really at all. We have an electrical department on my, at my work, but that's one of those I really don't know a lot about. 
didn't even know you guys had an electric department. Yeah, when yeah. I asked him, it's actually up and coming. When I started, we had one electrician for like two or three years, and now we have six. So oh, wow. they're, yeah. they're growing. They're okay. growing. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, nice. yeah. Do you have any other questions for Nicole? I mean, I don't have, you answered all mine. I'm yeah, just like, oh. Nothing, nothing really comes to mind. So, um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, you know, the usual shit, um, go ahead, send it to hardly at all at gmail.com. If it's related to HVAC, I will be forwarding those to you. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Also, if anybody wants a job, we are looking for apprentices. We'll train you how to be a technician or a plumber or an electrician. And yeah. it's good money, guys. Yeah, journeyman electricians and journeyman plumbers make bank. That is, yeah, that's also good to know. So if you're looking for a job, you know, times are hard. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much our that, episode. That, that's the episode, so... Thanks for coming yeah, and yeah, talking really about all of this. And Exciting. Hopefully we save some people the headache of a $12,000 expense and potential home explosions. Yeah. Uh, We've had fires. I haven't heard of any explosions, but fires do happen, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, you guys know where to find us at Instagram at Hardly Adult Pod. Uh, you can find me personally at jerdrew1140. And you can find me at minya underscore durovic26. Um, and yeah, please make sure to rate, review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, because it really helps us, and just watch the episodes. Um, and then, um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks, you guys. Bye! Bye! Bye.